Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I get a lot of questions in my practice about co-parenting. What is co-parenting? So it's having both parents play an active role in their children's daily life. But joint custody arrangements can be exhausting, sometimes infuriating, and fought with stress, especially if you have a contentious relationship with your ex-partner. I have the honor today of having a very special guest, and she is willing to come and talk about her story as a co-parent, kind of the good, the bad, but hopefully if you're listening, you'll be able to walk away from this laughing, maybe even a tear, but most importantly, some information to do the best you can to take care of your kids. So welcome, Carly Grimm. Thank you. You're welcome. So Carly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, Well, I'm a nurse practitioner and I um, live in Dayton, Ohio. I have two kids. They're six and eight. Six is the girl, Georgia. Eight is my son, Graham. Um, And I was married. They have the same father. We were married for about together about eight or nine years, and then um, got divorced a couple years ago. Okay. And so you've been co-parenting for two years now. Yes. And tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Well, it's been a lot of ups and downs trying to learn um, what works for us. Um, It started pretty rough, and then We've definitely gotten the hang of it. I think the last six months we really turned a corner and I think we're both pretty comfortable with how things are right now, which is why I think it's a good time to talk about it on the podcast Um, because I feel like I have some, some ideas of what didn't work and what worked better for us. Well, I would imagine, I mean, in the beginning, you're navigating your own emotions and a big change in not only your kid's life, but your life. And so first you've got to really face the changes and the divorce. And so I would understand that it would take a while and anything takes practice. Even even being a parent, you know, looking back, there were things I felt like I did well, things I would definitely love to do again. But most importantly, no matter what, we learn along the way. Yeah, I think that is a good point because I would say the first six months, and it was even before we were divorced, just when we were separated. Now, looking back, I do feel like it's a blur in the most honest sense of I just can't even really put a timestamp on when things happened. It almost felt like I was floating by in survival. And I don't know if I knew it at the time. I don't think I knew like how traumatic it was until I was out of it, but I really do feel like that whole time frame was just me surviving and helping my kids survive. And and then I couldn't really focus on what was working, um, what was good for the kids, you know, what was good for Brett and I. And I think he was in the same boat. I think we both seriously were surviving and stressed. Yes. I mean, change, even if it's the right thing to do, is 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 very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, change is just hard. And so first dealing with that and not even thinking about how we're going to really do this together and be able to to do what's best for our kids. Yes. Because that's the most important thing. If you don't mind, would you be willing for me to ask you a question? Many parents, I think, go through problems in their marriage and you don't have to share. I don't, that the point is not to share exactly what happened, Mm -hmm. but what I'm wondering is I'm sure there's many out there who know that this is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. to get a divorce, Mm -hmm. but they're really afraid about Mm -hmm. how that is going to affect the kids. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's almost like I try to explain to families that if you, you have to choose your heart, Mm -hmm. if it's hard to have this relationship and then how that affects the children Mm -hmm. versus the hard of knowing that it needs to be separate, you know, that divorce is what is going to be best for the whole family. But did you find that difficult? I'm sure your mind went one way or the other. Yes. It took me a long time. Um, I think I waited until I knew there was no saving it, which I think was good for me. There was no danger in me staying with him. So there was like no violence. I think it's different if there's violence, obviously, if there's any kind of abuse, then this is totally different. But I was safe there. I just wasn't happy. So I think I waited until I really knew there's 0% chance of fixing this. And even though there's going to be a six month or a year time where it probably is going to be quite challenging for the kids, it's going to be now or in five years or in 10 years. So I guess my, my brain was like, this is going to hurt the kids at some point. Maybe the younger, the better. I don't know if, you, if it even matters, but I think Brent would agree that we're both better parents now. And we were not fighters, thank God. We were not. We never yelled in front of the kids. I'm so grateful for that. So it's not like they were ever seeing how unhappy we were. That was good and bad. It was good because we really kept it together for them, both of us. And I'm really proud of that. We never were big arguers. I don't, we never yelled, let alone in front of the kids. We never even yelled. But the bad thing about that is the kids had no idea it was coming, either did anyone else in our lives. I mean, we kept it so together that then Graham still to this day doesn't understand, but we were so happy. Everyone was so happy. And because that's so good for us, we did a good job of like holding it together. And I'm proud of that. But it has been a little harder for Graham. Um to accept that we actually weren't happy. We were just that good at hiding it. Yes. He's like, wait a minute, you guys are good. Why, why are you doing this? Like, come on. Yeah. So I think knowing that it's going to happen and, and saying to yourself, I can be a better parent after the rough part kind of pushed me through. And I guess I'd say the same thing. Um, Also, once you get through the rough part and you really find yourself and you're on stable ground again, they have so many options to have so many more support systems. What I mean by that is like now my ex-husband has a partner who's like a phenomenal extra mom. They literally now have like two, you know, two female role models in their lives. So it it's hard to get there with and, and the point where you want to separate. It's very hard to see that in your future, but you just have to have faith that if you do the work and you get your, you know, you get your life together, you get yourself taken care of, that um, you know, you'll you'll get there and maybe even add on some extra people. Yeah. So it it's actually when we look at the situation, instead of choose your hard, yeah, we're basically saying we can go from best to better in this situation. And what's really fascinating to me about when you say we really did a good job kind of hiding it and getting along, which is so important, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that's made it easier in some way to be on a united front in front of the kids, at least now that you're co-parents. Yes. I would say still now, if we have disagreements, it's not it's not in front of the kids and it never has been. I don't think they may have sensed tension. They may have set, uh, they definitely sensed that I was stressed. I mean, I think that they caught onto that, but yeah, even now we're still good at that, which is great. Yeah. And I think that that's probably one of the most important things, you know, feeling secure and being confident that they have love from both parents. Mm -hmm. And what the studies have shown is that kids adjust more quickly and easily to the divorce, to the new living situations, and even have better self-esteem. But that's, that's harder. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, that's a hard thing to accomplish. I'm sure. Yeah. What do you think has worked for you? Just getting along, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a really good thing that I did early on was imagined my parents were still married, happily married. They have a great marriage and they're, um, but I, what I try to do is imagine if they weren't, I imagine like when I was a kid, I put myself in 
my uh, Graham and George's shoes. And I think to myself, what would I have wanted or not wanted to know? And the honest answer is, it doesn't matter what if either of my parents would have hurt each other. I do think at the end of the day, I would have resented the other one for talking bad about them. So I try to just imagine, say my dad went and did something horribly hurtful to my mom. And, you know, she was stressed and wanted us to know why the divorce because kids always ask why you know why they want to know why yeah and, and they won't drop it I think the worst thing you can do is tell them why because I do and when I put myself in that situation I imagine I would have resented my mom for damaging the relationship I had with my dad at the end of the day I think it may have worked for for a month or two where I was really mad at my dad and I think people do that they're worried about losing the connection with their kids so they want to throw the person under the the other person under the bus to assure that their kids are leaning on them. I think that backfires. I really do. I think at the end of the day, especially when you're adults, that's a marriage between two people has nothing to do. The kids have nothing to do with what happens between the the parents. I think. No, I agree. If you're a good dad, but a bad husband, or you know, a good mom but a bad wife, right? It could go either way, right? Definitely goes both ways. Yes, often, most of the time. That that does not mean the kids need to know that part. I get if it. If that makes sense. I get it. So basically what I hear you saying is that you you want to be you want to be honest and open, but at the same time cautious about what information you do give them. Yes. Because you don't want to say hurtful things about the other partner. Yes. The 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 co-parent or the ex-partner um, situation, because it's it's important if if they are a good mother or a good mm-hmm. father that you guys not only be on a united front, mm-hmm. but also when you're not together. So when you're together, being cooperative, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're not together, basically talking down or saying mean things about the other parent. And I would recommend too, as a pediatrician, not doing that. Yeah, and that's hard because it's I mean you've got hard. your own feelings about things, yeah. and I would imagine um, that it's it's difficult, but it's so important because it is it it like you said, you feel like if that were you in this situation, you may have resentment. Yeah, and yes. another way to look at it is that it would damage the relationship they have with the other partner, yes. which is not good for them either, mm-hmm. especially if, you know, there's joint custody and they do need to spend time with them mm-hmm. because I have a lot of parents and not a lot, but I have, you know, some families where the kids don't want to go see their dad and they tell me this mm-hmm. and they're like, we don't want to go or this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I try to get the story mm-hmm. so that I know, understand why, mm-hmm. but I hate to say it, a lot of the times when that happens, it's because the other mm-hmm. partner is talking bad about them. And so the kids themselves at the time have a poor vision of of what the other spouse is like. And then that kid is literally missing out on a fun thing they could have been doing with the other partner. And I think, I do think I try to be, I think I've been good about that is always being super excited for them when they get to do something with their dad and genuinely excited. Same with my um, ex-in-laws. If the kids are getting to do something fun, I really deep down want them to be able to experience everything in life they get to experience. So involving everyone is how that's done. Yeah, I think that's important too. You know, keep talking, even if you disagree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important that you continue that communication and not discuss those difference of opinions in front of your child. Mm-hmm. You can still disagree, mm-hmm. but you need to, you know, if you really need to talk to a therapist, if it gets to that point. But I, yes. my, my point is keep talking to your co-partner, but not to your kids in that, in that manner. I mean, you can, you can talk to your kids so they feel safe and yes. heard and everything like that. But, can I speak on that one more thing I want to yeah, add? Yeah, for um, sure. I think going back to the very beginning, I made a decision um, really early on that I told I told my mom what was going on, which was like no backing out after that. Okay, so my parents, my brothers, no one had any idea. I think the best decision I ever made was not telling my family members 
or most of my friends or any of our mutual friends what was going on. And I mean, to this day, my brothers and my dad have no clue what went on between our marriage. I send them a text. I said, we're getting divorced. Please don't, you know, ever say anything bad about Brent in front of the kids. And I had my therapist and I had my handful of very close friends who I vented to, and that was it. And you could go around my very small town and have not heard one word about what happened between us. That is hard. That is a hard choice to make because you want to vent and you're angry and you're hurt. And you you have to have someone. I'm not saying that. But I had my group of like five people that it wasn't going to affect anything in Brent's life if they heard me, you know, venting. Or the children. Or the children. And that people... It's very hard to do that. I get it. But making the decision right up front is the best decision I ever made. Now, when my parents are at an event and Brent's coming to, my dad walks up, shakes his hand. They chat. There's it, it, it was so smart to do that. You know, my little brother just graduated from vet school and Brent sent him a text saying congratulations. You know, there's no like really hard feelings. So I would say make that a conscious decision early on, you will not regret it. I I would imagine because we, that also to me makes me feel like the kids feel a part of both families. Yes. That they're, you know, having that mutual respect. Yes. And, and doing that is so important because then they, they feel like if anything, they, they have the best of both worlds, really. Yes. Which is, which is awesome. One big family. Yeah. Absolutely. That is getting along. Yes. Yes. Cause you can tell when people aren't, adults aren't good at hiding that stuff. I mean, again, <laughs> kids pick up on stuff. For sure. For sure. <laughs> How has it been? So now let's kind of fast forward. And you said the last six months have really been a lot better. What, what has made it better? What do you think is really, I know you've mentioned a few things already, but other than, other than, you know, we talked about not fighting in front of the kids yes. and then not saying things, you know, mean about the other person. Yes. Um, what have been some other issues or suggestions that you've encountered? I think what we've gotten really good at is um, at the very beginning, I put up some strict boundaries for my own mental health. And at the beginning, those were necessary. And I think that's okay. But pretty strict boundaries of only discussing the kids, nothing else to try to keep emotions down, to try to get us both, um, you know, mentally stable, whatever, before. I think we've gotten to the point just very recently where those boundaries, a lot of them have broken down because we can and gotten closer and more flexible. So I'd say at the beginning, we had these very strict boundaries about what we discussed and then also very strict routines. We had our schedules all completely, you know, to the hour, all planned out um, because we're 50-50. But now I think we have now trusted each other enough to take some boundaries down, be able to talk deeper about the problems our kids are having and get in those conversations a little better without um, triggering each other. And then also we've become more flexible with our schedules, which I think is important. I think it's great to have a baseline thing. Like we'll go like sometimes six months out day to day, who's getting who, but then something comes up. Yeah. A very good routine. Which is good for the kids. It is good for the kids. But then if something fun comes up, my dad wants to take us on a trip. I need like four of Brent's days. Just recently, we've kind of embraced like it's not about us. It's about what do the kids get to experience if we get these five days switched. And that's been helpful is just kind of letting go of our strict time with the kids. Um, and then I think not just not bad mathing the ex, but their new partner. Oh, yes. Of so, course. I mean, that seems obvious, but you know, it can feel hurtful when your ex moves on. It can feel like, well, what? You know, it, it can just feel there's there's can be jealousy or um, I also know some people do feel a sense of um, what's the word I'm trying to think of. They it's, jealousy isn't the right word, but if, if maybe even envy, envy or if the kid, you know, they don't want to share their kid with another quote unquote mom. Right. Right. Um, I. I never looked at it that way. I think it's because I was a little bit older when we got divorced but I always saw my ex's new partner as a resource for me to 
help us um, raise our kids. I, and I don't know, um, I don't have really good advice on how to wrap your brain around that, but I think not having any jealousy or um, talking bad about her has helped. Absolutely. I, I equate that to when my kids were little, we had somebody who came to the house and watched the kids and, um, and her name was Lisa and she worked with, with, for us for 18 years from the time Ben was six months old until he graduated and the kids loved her, Yeah, you know, um, and I remember somebody along the way saying something to me like, does that bother you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, absolutely not. I know they love me. Yeah. They know who their mom is. Yep. And I'm okay with the fact that when I can't be with them, mm-hmm. there's another person that I know cares for them and loves them. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's big. So mm-hmm. I imagine, I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. So I would imagine that's how you're feeling. Yes. And also having good communication with both of them, even yes. even your ex's partner, then too talking things out is is really good instead yes. of like maybe getting angry or a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. So like the other person may not even know what you're thinking. So don't be afraid to say, you know, hey, I think this would be really good for the kids mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. But it's easier said than done, I'm sure. Yeah. And situational, I would imagine. Yes. I think the word I was trying to think of was competition. When you were bring, when you were telling that story, it did made, it made me think when people asked you if that bothered you, it they were kind of trying to say, do you feel like a competition for your kids' attention and love? In love, and I've never felt that way about um, her name is Jill. From day one, I have felt like this this woman is going to work with me. She's going to, um, you know, be on my team. And it's been like that from day one. I think we're both really lucky. I think my mindset going in was, I can't wait to be really good friends with my ex's new partner. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm just also not very, I don't feel very jealous of other women. I'm usually very pro woman. So I was kind of excited. Like, yes, we get like another woman in here to help raise the kids. Yeah, for sure. It takes a village. I mean, I know that for sure, you know. So, yeah. Well, did you ever find any difficulty in like those transitions? Like what made visitation and those transitions for when like he, you know, they're going to go over there for a long weekend or holidays? Like, is there anything you felt that you dealt like... Mm-hmm. What really helped kind of deal with those transitions? Because I would okay. imagine sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to them too. It is hard. And it it's very hard. And early on, even, you know, we'd have the kids calling the other parent and being like, I want to come see you. And it went both ways, yeah. and, which is very hurtful to the person who's supposed to have them. Um, I think always making an agreement that if the kids ask to call or FaceTime, we do it. And I don't think technically based on, you know, our parenting agreement, that's something that we would have to give into. I think that's, I think that would be a big mistake not to try to work out with your partner that if the kids want to call the other parent, let them do it. I I just seems kind of um, unfair to the kid not to. So we've both been really good about that and it's helped. So if one of the kids really misses me or wants to tell me a story they're allowed to FaceTime me and vice versa. Um, and just very recently also, we've gotten better about if there's something that the kids are doing with one parent and they want the other parent there, we've kind of loosened, you know, our boundaries as far as we both can be there and enjoy the kids. That's really what they want. They I would, really do. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I was just thinking, like, how do you guys handle, you know, soccer games or yeah. events at school? And it's enough that you've got to figure out your schedule and their schedule. But now you've got to make sure that the other side of the family knows what's happening. Yes. Because I, I know I'd probably feel bad if I didn't know that was going on and yeah. and I missed it, you know, because they want to be a part of that. So how did how did that work out? That's been really um, not a, not too rough for us. I'm still in very good. Um, I have a great relationship with my in-laws still. Um, we still text. I still update them stuff. I send them the swimming schedule. I'll send them, you know, whatever schedules they need. Um, my 
my ex-mother-in-law, even to this day, like if I have something I, I need to be at and I can't find a sitter, will come and help me out with the kids. So I think um, I have great in-laws who really have also focused on the kids and left all the drama out of it. It's not discussed. We don't talk about it. We just it's the kids or what's going in our lives. We still laugh and have fun. So that has not been a difficult situation. And again, I would really encourage people to try to get there with your in-laws work on that. It is worth it. It is worth the work to put in for your kids to see. Um, my family all still loves each other. I feel safe here. I feel comfortable. I, you know, I can talk to dad about mom and mom about dad, and I can talk about Jill to mom. All of this is important because if they feel like they can't come to you with things or issues, then there's things you're not, you know, there's information you're not getting. So I see them as a resource that if mom, if Graham someday doesn't want to tell mom or dad something, well, maybe he feels comfortable telling Jill. Maybe he feels comfortable telling um, his grandma, Robin. And since I'm still close to them, I'm going to somehow get in, into that <laughs> situation. Like I'm right. still going to be a part of it. They're not going to like keep that from me. So that's, that's, um, that's worth your effort. I think again, yes. like it is with the new partner. I just think it really is worth it. There has to be boundaries if it's not healthy and that's fine. If you have to put boundaries because some, some verbal abuse or whatever manipulation is going on, that's different. But if everyone can be an adult and be civil, it's the best option. Yes. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because if there's someone out there who is thinking this is just not working, having these positive tips, I think are very helpful no matter, and you said it's worth it, whether yeah. it's hard or not hard. Yeah. And um, luckily in I, what I hear you saying in your situation that they're also willing yes. to, to cooperate. Yes. And so I would imagine that some people may not have that cooperation, yeah. but I want to remind people that being a good role model is really the first step. Yes. And if you just continue to communicate and you're not saying bad things about the family, you're including mm-hmm. the in-laws. I mean, I realize there's going to be situations where it's just never going to work. But I believe if you can be a good role model that they're going to come around. Yes. And, I, but it's going to take time. Yes. I think hard feelings will fade. You can't keep adding new hard feelings to the, to does the that flame. Make yeah. No, yeah. you can't just keep throwing. I mean. Things are going to be rough at the beginning. You have to you have to find the calm, embrace it, and people will join in. The grandparents want to be part of their kids' lives too. Are yes. you kidding? If they get to go to two birthday parties instead of one, like come on in. I I want that. You know, my ex um my ex-husband Brent, his parents were divorced and his his biggest struggle to this day is that his own parents who've been divorced for, oh my gosh, since he was in second grade, is that they can't come together and and hang out very naturally. So, I mean, that's still affecting him this many years later. So he's also knows this is not, this is not how we're going to do this. It's been harder, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's not been easy, but he knows him growing up. That was his one wish is that just everyone can be at a big family Christmas and get along. I don't think my ex and I are there quite yet, but I think we really are getting, I think we're getting close. You're moving forward. I mean, and it's yeah. only been two years. Yeah. So I, in my opinion, I think you've really come a long way in just a short amount of time. Yeah. And and that's something I think to remember as well. When they come back, okay, so I, again, I'm, I'm not really comparing apples to apples, but I know like when my kids have visited grandparents or, you know, situations like that, and then they come home, they could be like perfect angels for them. And it's like, as soon as they walk in the door, like things just dysregulate, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And somebody out there might understand what that means. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm worried first and foremost, were they bad for grandma and grandpa? But (laughs) then what typically what I hear is that they weren't. And so, um, I don't know if you've experienced that, but what has been like, what, what are some things that you did to kind of help that transition back when mm. they return to your home? Like, has yeah. it been awkward or even rocky? So how do you help your kids adjust? It hasn't been bad. And I know this is a common problem, so I don't know why it hasn't. Um, 
I am the more like free spirited kind of laid back um, parent. So I'm wondering if Brent is the one getting this side of it. Okay. I, yeah, <laughs> because, I get it. <laughs> I, um, no, I mean, I think it's really weird. I tend to look as often as I can at the glass half full. And my thought about this is like kids are going to have to become flexible adults. It is the best thing we can do for them to learn how to be able to adapt to different situations, different environments. It's going to happen. They're going to get jobs that are hard. They're going to meet whatever. I look at it as like, this is a good practice to mm-hmm. adjust to different situations. My thing is if they're safe there, if they're truly safe emotionally and physically, I'm pretty laid back about what they get away with at dads and what they get away with at moms. I just am. And I, I, I'm so glad I am. I mean, I think like therapies help that. I think it's kind of my baseline anyways, is that I have too much going in my head to worry about what they're doing every minute at dads. That's a very good point. Yeah. Because I get that sometimes they'll be like, well, at dads, they do this. At dads, they do that. And I think being accepting of that, because there's certain things, like you said, as long as they're safe, yeah. You know, I mean, and um and there's no harm, obviously. It's um you you have to go there. You have to be able to not I mean, imagine if like this is your time to kind of do some self-care, reboot yes. so that you can be the best mom when they come back, yes. right? And if you're spending the whole time worrying about what they're yeah. doing or micromanaging, yeah. like you got you have to let go of control. Yes. I think I did that pretty easily. I think I also was at such a max level of stress <laughs> that it came natural. I had to let something go. Right. So I was like, okay, well, when they're out of the house, I'm going to let that go. Yes. I have to. Yes. And I think also I was pretty good at being like, well, I don't have the kids for two days. I'm going to go have a ton of fun and go meet all my friends and spend time. I don't think I sat and really like let myself dwell on the fact that I was missing my kids. I know that's hard for a lot of people and it was hard at the beginning, but I have kept very busy with amazing people in my life. Yes. And I don't regret it. I don't I think it makes me a better mom, not a worse mom. I don't think I have to sit around and cry about my kids all weekend to prove that like I care about them and that I'm a good mom, you know? Well, and I would imagine that probably has a lot to do with the fact that when they do come home, mm-hmm. you're not seeing that conflict. You're not Maybe. seeing, you know, that awkwardness or, you know dysregulation that they're just like ease back in and here we go. Now we're with, now we're with mom, Yes, you know? And, and I, I think that's really good. I mean, keeping things low key, making sure that, you know, you give your child space, especially when they're, you know, kind of returning. And then even in some situations, I would tell families, let's say you are having trouble when they come back. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe start to create like a special routine. Mm. So maybe it's a game or even serve the same meal every time your child returns because they thrive on that. So they know what to expect when they're coming back. So I don't know if you've unconsciously done that already but for people that have difficulty with those transitions I think it's a it's a good thing to try that's a really good point I think I am probably more physical with them when they first come back and I don't even realize that I like get them in my bed or on the couch and it's like cuddle time or like watch funny kid TikTok time it's like touching mom time I probably do that for my own um Mm -hmm. regulation yeah and and then it's just it's also rubbing off on them and I don't even know I'm doing it but what when you were talking about that it triggered a thought for me they will do this for both of us so this goes both ways but sometimes if they're with me they'll say are we at dad's tonight or tomorrow whatever and I'll say yes and they'll say I don't want to go. And they do it the same way. It's the same when they're with Both Brent. Sides. Yes. Yeah. They say, but I don't want to go to mom's. What I found in that situation, a really good thing to do to help them is I'll text, you know, Brent or his new partner, Jill. <clears throat> and I'll just say, what are your plans for the weekend? Are you guys doing anything fun? And then I'll tell the kids, hey, I know you said you don't want to go to dad's, but guess what you get to do tomorrow? You get to go do this. And I will like kind of hype them up for their weekend with their dad. Yep. And it's, it's amazing because then they're excited to go back to dad. They're excited to come back to me and they don't see the, the jealousy or the competition of like, 
Um, oh, we're doing this to, with yeah, them. You're doing this with them. I try really hard not to. I think I've been good about it. And when they get a fun experience, I'm cheering for them, period. I just am. Well, and I think that's great because I would imagine, too, and studies have shown that typically that refusal is temporary. Yes. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's a fleeting thought yes. and they may just need words of affirmation from you or from dad mm-hmm. to just say, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And I think like, it's okay to want to go see your dad. You, and you can tell me that like, yes. it's okay. Um, it does hurt. I'm not pretending it doesn't. It does. It, but, but, but at the same time, the likelihood that it really has anything to do with either you or Brent yes. is really low. And I think if you can keep that in mind, that they're refusing probably doesn't have anything to do with Brent or you. I agree. You know, but and that it can be temporary. So just, you know, hyping it up, like you said, and giving them positive vibes about it is so important. I've, I also have had parents who, and it's very often because I only see the one side, but they're like, I'm the disciplinarian and they're the fun parent. You know what I mean? And, um, and it's funny because I know in, in our household and Carly knows John and, and, um, and knows that she could probably guess who is the disciplinarian and who was the fun parent. Yep. <laughs> but, and that, that can be hard on kids, yes. you know, I think. And so I don't know if you guys have struggled with that yes. too. And kind of, how did you deal with that? Okay. Yeah. Brent's the disciplinarian. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> And it is hard for him. It is oh, yes. hard for him. Okay, I'm, sure. I'm gonna give him that one for sure. It's not something I do consciously. It's not something I it's do to nature. make him mad. It's no. not. I know he thinks it is. It is so my nature to like have fun as much as I can. To mm. like, I I hate I I hate disciplining them. It's not, and that's not okay. I need to do better. So this is one thing we're definitely. Brent's done better at consistency and and disciplining. It is very hard for me. Um, and I, I, and I don't do it to be the fun parent. I know it seems like that. Um, like you're trying I, to, again, a competition yeah. or winning them over. Like I'm a softie. And I know, I know also the discipline is going to be critical for them to like be, um, you know, competent adults. I get it's necessary. <laughs> I just don't want to do the dirty work. No, so I, I wish he was here to say, but I'm sure it is frustrating for him. And yeah, I imagine. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And there are other things that I am strict about. Like I would say I'm more strict about bedtimes and their homework. I'm the homework Nazi. I mean, I've done, I'd say 80% of their homework this year, but that's because they come, they get off the bus at my house. So it's not because Brent's not doing it. It's because I'm getting them an hour after school and that's when we do it. Um, so maybe that it would be my advice is like if Brent's better at the all the other disciplinary, if I can take some of the the hard stuff, which would be like the the homework. I'm the one that's, that's always, a big deal. Yeah. And I do make them do chores at my house. I mean, there's things I still try to make it so that we seem level on the same page of certain things. Um, yeah. Disciplining something we didn't do see eye to eye on when we were married. So it's not surprising that we're going to not see eye to eye on it when we're separated. But once again, it's not my decision what they do, what he does at his house to discipline them, unless it's hurting them, right. obviously. Right. Unless it's abuse. That's a whole different ballgame, which is not in our situation. Right. He gets to discipline how he thinks it's going to be best, and I get to. But I do think just talking about it, saying this worked or this didn't, we've gotten good about that. Good. Yeah. Because, and you're still showing respect for, you know, what the the other person is doing. And instead of saying, even in, you know, instead of saying in front of the kids, well, you know, I, I don't like that. Or you, you just, yes. you know, if you don't like it, you should talk to your co-parent yep. as opposed to like talking about it with your kids. Through the kids, yeah. I mean, you could ask them how they felt about and yes. you could listen to them, you know, but, you know, listen and, you know, acknowledge their feelings, not the action. Yeah. Because you don't even know, you might not even know the whole story. 
you're usually not getting the whole story. And this brings up an, another thing that I didn't even have on my list of things to talk about. The kids will pin you against each other. It is their nature. They're six and eight. They're going to figure out how to get the best out of both worlds. So they're going to say, dad lets me do this. No, he doesn't. I'm not that dumb. Thank God <laughs> neither of us are that dumb. So it hasn't been a problem, but it is something to be aware of. You can't take what your six-year-old tells you and run with it. Right. And then start just going off to all your friends and your parents. Listen to what my ex did. It's likely not even true. If it is a little bit true, it's not all the way true. So we both have been good about that. There's times where he'll call and say, Graham did this. And I'm like, Brent, no, no, he didn't. And you know he did it. And then he'll laugh and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I know he didn't. <laughs> well, and I think, I think in married, you know, parents that are together, whether married or their partners, you know, in the same home, I think that happens either way. Yes. You know, but yes. that's, I'm, I, I, I'm happy to hear how you manage that. Yeah. You just can't ju- you can't jump to conclusions. You have to get good enough at communicating to figure out what the real story was at a minimum. Yes, because I mean it's emotional. Yes. I would imagine you hear what they say and you might get angry or really yes. sad at what they're saying. And so we're not saying that what they're saying isn't important because no matter what, even if it's right or wrong, it's or a little bit twisted, you even have to kind of know the whole story so that you know how to manage the yeah. child. Because again, the the goal here is we want to make sure that we're doing what's best for for the kids, right? Because it it's very hard for them, you know, having that um, co parent, you know, and having that foundation of trust and cooperation and respect is is so important but uh that's funny when you said I bet that's probably harder for uh Brent because <laughs> so I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before but my son Gabe and his daughter or his wife my daughter-in-law Lauren are going to have a baby in September so I'm going to be a grandma for the first time and um it was funny because we were talking one day and Lauren acknowledges that she's probably going to be the tough one. Yeah. You know, I mean, he is my child yeah. after all, <laughs> but, and she's like, I don't like that. So, I mean, I can respect how yeah. Brent feels and how that, you know, it, it's funny. Yes, it's funny. <laughs> but at the same time, I think just acknowledging that, yeah. that it's not, you know, and not thinking like they, they don't want to be mean or they're not necessarily being mean, but they don't want to be the one that's always having to do that. So finding some things like getting the best again of both worlds where you can take on this, yeah. like the homework and then, you know, not worrying about what's going on when they're there as long as they're safe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know they, it was funny because even in our marriage, I know that the kids would come to me for certain things <laughs> yeah. and I will tell you now they're adults and it's kind of the same situation. <laughs> but what's really interesting, I will say, is that no matter how tough John was, they have so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. And so if anything, to kind of help you get through this when you're sort of thinking, okay, you get that fleeting thought about what's going on over there, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure happens, Mm -hmm. you can really look, sometimes you have to look at the big picture and realize that you know they love love him and Jill, and you know that in the long run, you know, they're going to be better men. Yeah, right. And better, better women, you know. Because we all bring something really good to the table. Yes. And um, so now that the boys are older, when they were younger, they always came to me. Now that the boys are adults, quite often, a lot of times they go to their dad Yeah. now. And it's very interesting. And I, But I love it. You yeah. know, I love that. Because I would never want for them to grow up and then have resentment. But I think that that comes also with... No matter what, again, if you live together or you don't, Mm -hmm. is having that mutual respect. Yes. Because then they grow and they, again, they're smart too. Yes. So they they can see what they like about how, you know, different behaviors. But like you said, they're going to see that everywhere. Yeah. Whether it's a tough teacher or a tough boss. Exactly. Coworker, whatever it is. Uh, Also, I think... um, this just kind of happened by accident, but maybe this is how people tend to attract partners. I think my partner now is way better at disciplining the kids. He's a teacher. 
he's amazing with the kids. He's great about talking to them. Sometimes if they get in trouble, I'll not to make him the bad guy, I'll send him in because he's he's reaching them at a different level that I don't. So I think Jill's probably more like my role at their house. And now my partner, Mac, is kind of more like Brent's role at our house. And it's like, wow, this was like, it, was, it wasn't even planned, but this like magical thing happened where now they've got kind of like well-rounded couples at both houses, you know, where we just kind of compliment each other. So um, that's a pretty new thing that Mac's at our house that often, but that's been a a big improvement. I wonder if Brent maybe has even noticed that that maybe made um, the transitioning from house to house easier to have a man at my house now who's uh, uh, disciplines more like Brent does. Yes, because I just like to remind people, I know discipline can be hard. I mean, obviously we're joking about how I was, John would tell you that I was their friend. And sometimes I get a little resented about that because I did do some disciplining. I mean, they might, they might've like run circles around me sometimes, (laughs) but for the most part, you know, I, that's when I go back to saying like I was a pediatrician, I am a pediatrician, but I wasn't always the perfect parent. But I think the point is that you guys stay kid focused. Yes. Yeah. And and that's probably one of the most important things. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. I think like I said at the beginning, putting myself in my kids' shoes, thinking what I would or wouldn't want to hear my parents say about each other when I was that age, what I wouldn't wouldn't want them to be. I would want them at all of my events together. I cannot imagine both of them not being there even if they hated each other. I can't imagine my dad talking bad about my mom or vice versa. That is what would have ruined my life if they got divorced. If they had gotten divorced and they treat each other like they do now, it wouldn't have even affected me. I think the the um I think a lot of the trauma with divorced uh kids is just the parent, the ex-parent's relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost sure of it because in every other way, their lives have almost improved. I know that sounds crazy, but now they've got like two mom roles, two dad roles, more vacations to go on, two Christmases. I just don't see it as a big negative thing anymore. And I hope people like can start embracing the fact that when you do it right, um, and you find a good, healthy partner, and you do work on yourself, that it actually can absolutely be a better situation than when you were married. Yes. And I think that that's when you take that leap of faith, when you just know that you have to, it's probably hard to see that big picture. But now that you're two years later, you're like, this was probably one of the best things I could have ever done for my children, for myself. Yes. As hard yes. as hard as it is it as it was. Yes. I can't thank you enough for joining me. I want to give you, I mean, th- what you said at the very end, I think just sums it up perfectly. But is there anything else you feel like I really want to make sure people know before we go? I think one thing I'm one mistake I made is that I wasn't very good about grieving the divorce right away and letting myself fall apart and then um, do the work early on. I think I was stoic and really like tried to hold it together for the kids um, for way too long. And now I find myself now still grieving things that I didn't address early on. So I tend to just kind of, um, I, I mean, I think, again, stoic is the best word. I just wanted to be um, have it all together for the kids. The truth is, I think it would have been better had I let myself fall apart, like get my village around me and get some therapy early on to grieve then. Instead of being in denial and saying, I don't need anything. This is, I, I wanted the divorce. I'm much happier now. Yeah, that's all true. But I am still to this day grieving you know, the um, loss of our family unit. So I think um, that's one advice I would give that I definitely didn't do right. Um, So I'm trying to do it now, which is fine. Yes, everything in their time. Yeah. And then I did just want to tell you, Sarah, um, I surrounded myself with this amazing group of women, literally from one week into making this decision. And you're one of those people that's literally gotten me through it. Sorry. I know we said there would be some some laughs and some tears, but um, I just counted on these people, and I feel like 
a lot of it was just um, telling people what I needed to survive. And I can't believe how many people came through the woodwork and text me and send me messages, people I hadn't talked to in five years. And I think um, having really good female friendships pays off when you need them. So I'm glad I committed to friends my entire life who now have like swarmed to help me survive the last two years. So um, I think keeping good friendships alive always pays off, but it's proven the last two years. And I know I met you after the divorce, but I think what we bonded on immediately was that I'm a single mom and you got it and you wanted to be there for me and the kids. And it's shown in every single way possible since the day we met. So, um, you are part of the journey. And so I just want to thank you for that and, um, count on your friends and your village. You have to. Yes. I think that even, and it doesn't even have to be like, I never really felt like I needed to give you advice because I always felt you, you knew, you know, but just being together and laughing and just reminding each other that we're, we're doing okay. Because parenting is probably one of the most important jobs I know for me. Yeah. And I'm sensitive about it. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can. And so having that support is so important. You don't have to do it alone. You really don't. And, um, and you need to reach and surround yourself with people that do lift you up. Yes. Not, not people that are are difficult in your life. Yep. You got to get rid of them, especially when things get hard. You just have to pick your little group and put a lot of time and energy and then that's it. And I have it and I think I'll have it forever now. I know how important it's been. So, well, I, it's been wonderful being part of, of your life and your journey. And, and we laugh all the time about how we even met. We met through mutual friends and we couldn't be more different in some ways, but yet we're so connected. So thank you so much. This is, it's such an important topic. It's a sensitive topic and it's hard and it's, I'm excited to like, just tell you that I think you and Brent are doing an amazing job and remind yourself that on those days where you really feel like you're just, the the ground is crumbling. You have set the foundation. Your foundation is strong and you're just building that house up for your kids and their, their resiliency and their abilities as they get older are really going to shine through because of the efforts that you guys have taken. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.